Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole.
me singing as I go. Soon he's coming back to welcome me, far beyond the starry sky. I shall wing my flight to worlds unknown, I shall reign with him on high. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. and sing heavenly sunshine and everybody with a smile on your face and also in your voice and as you sing through the first time give as many as possible a good hearty handshake and a God bless you but keep on singing while you're doing it I don't know how you're going to do it but we'll do it anyway sing it out turn right around shake hands out in the radio audience could really see this fine time of fellowship and handshaking and smiling here at Long Beach. It's a wonderful thing to meet here Sunday after Sunday with the fellow believers in Christ and for the richness of fellowship. Sing it just once more and really lift it up. All right. been most encouraging to us, and I want you to know that our hearts have been greatly encouraged and warned by the many letters which have already come in to us, and we thank you from the depths of our heart for your gracious response. However, surely there must be many of you out in the radio audience listening to us today who truly appreciate this gospel program, but who have never written to tell us so. We'd love to hear from you. We have no other way of knowing to whom we minister than by your letters, and they are so vital to this radio ministry.
Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you today that Christ, this man of sorrow, is our friend and our shepherd to lead us into paths of righteousness for his name's sake, to into green pastures and beside the still waters. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil, for thou art with us. And we pray that many may come to find him, not only the friend, the man of sorrows, but the Savior to cleanse by his precious blood and be saved today, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.
soloist on that lovely number, I Will Pilot Thee. And now for the letters. Go right ahead, honey. Mrs. Fuller to the audience. Greetings, friends, everywhere. My, what a fine audience we have here in Long Beach on this rainy Sunday. I should judge that there are over 3,000 persons here today. And they say Californians are awfully afraid of getting wet. But I think that most of you are not Californians but are visitors, probably folks from about every state in the Union, and from some foreign countries. And now for some letters. From Michigan, a lady writes of how she is aiding in sending the gospel out. She sent a picture of a very neat cottage surrounded by a garden, and she said, We have a bus station and telegraph office here. I turn on your program and insist on quietness during the whole hour so that others may listen as well as ourselves. Dear Dr. Fuller, I am with the United States Air Force in England, and before coming over here was at March Field in California. One Sunday morning I was walking down the pike in Long Beach, and a man handed me a card inviting me to come to your broadcast in the auditorium. I went in. You had a wonderful service, and I went forward to rededicate my life to Christ that day. I never shall be able to tell you how much the program has done for me. Over here we get you and almost all the fellows sit and listen straight through. A short letter from Ireland. Dear Dr. Fuller, I would like you to know how much we here in Annalong, in the shadow of the mountains of Morn, appreciate the old-fashioned revival hour. I was convicted through the faithful preaching of our local pastor. But for a long time I could not take it in that I was saved. Satan kept telling me I was too bad for God to accept, and I was not happy. Then one night going home from a meeting, a girlfriend asked me if I ever listened to the Luxembourg station on Thursday nights to your hour. Shortly after that, I did listen, 
and you were giving the invitation, and you said, Him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. And with tears of thanksgiving, I believe that God meant just what he said, and I was gloriously saved and am now happy. Everybody that hears you over here likes it because of the bright singing and Christ-exalting messages. It has been a great help to me on my heavenward journey, and may God bless all who take part. Then this last letter, dear Reverend Fuller, I must tell you of one of the men on our ship who went to your meeting with another sailor in Long Beach and was saved, and say, what a change. We tried before that to reach him, but he was hard and not a bit interested. He was a fine fellow in some ways, but he had been drinking some and was going the broad way when on shore leave. But that Sunday, the work in his heart and life was real. For he witnessed to just about everyone on the ship and told them that he went forward in Long Beach and accepted Christ. Now he comes to our Bible class and is a real help. There are only a few Christians on our ship, and we sure are thankful for this man. That is all I shall have time for today, friends. Is there anyone can help us? One who understands our hearts When the thorns of life have pierced them Till they bleed One who sympathizes with us who in the wondrous love imparts Just the very, very blessing That we need Yes, there's one Yes, there's one Only Blessed, blessed Jesus is the one. When afflictions press the soul, when waves of trouble roll, and you need a friend to help you, he's the one. Is there anyone can help us? Who can give us inner peace When his heart is burdened down With pain and woe Who can speak the word of pardon That affords us And whose blood can wash and make us white as snow. Yes, there's one, yes, there's one. Only, one. only one, the blessed, blessed Jesus, he's the one. 
When afflictions press the soul, when waves of trouble roll, and you need a friend to help you, is the one. Jack Coleman of the quartet had the solo part in that number. listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled, God's Spiritual Temple. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 19, as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide additional information after Dr. Fuller's message. But you must open the 
at last to that blessed abode, to the city of God at the end of the road, where the night never falls when life's journey is o'er, but you must open the Turn to the second chapter of Ephesians, beginning at the 19th verse, speaking on God's spiritual temple. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. What marvelous eternal truth wrapped up in those four verses. The Apostle Paul was truly a master teacher, and in writing to the Ephesian epistle from his prison cell at Rome, he used one of the most basic helpful principles or rules in the realm of successful teaching. Paul, wishing to lead the young converts and the newly formed church at Ephesus into deeper spiritual truths, he started with the known, everyday facts to teach the unknown. He began with the natural to lead to the spiritual. May I enlarge. The Gentile believers at Ephesus were converts from a very powerful and popular heathen religion. A huge, magnificent, beautiful temple was at Ephesus. 
a temple erected to the worship of the goddess Diana of the Ephesians. And this temple, with its auditorium some 500 feet in diameter, with a seating capacity of some 25,000, was considered one of the seven wonders of the world. And so Paul, in writing to the converts at Ephesus, said in so many words, You are familiar with that beautiful temple erected for the worship of that heathen goddess Diana? Well and good. I desire to show you a temple in the realm of the spiritual far more beautiful than the earthly temple at Ephesus, a temple not made out of natural stones, but a temple made out of living spiritual stones, a temple wherein the God of eternity dwells. Believers at Ephesus, that earthly temple that you see there with all of its magnificent beauty, that temple will fall into decay and perish, but you as living stones in God's spiritual temple, will live throughout the everlasting ages to come. You see, Paul began with the known. He began with the natural to lead the converts there to the unknown and to the spiritual. Furthermore, in the newly formed church at Ephesus, there were converts from the nation Israel, converts from Judaism, and those Jewish converts were more or less familiar with the beautiful temple at Jerusalem. That temple was a center of worship for all Israel. And thus, Paul teaching there gave the church at Ephesus, composed of both Jews and Gentiles, but now one in Christ Jesus. He gave them that teaching, leading the church from the known and the natural into the realm of the unknown and the spirit. Now let us follow through and make the application. To me it's been a great source of encouragement and feeding my own soul as I've studied upon these things these past several days. In the Old Testament, especially in the Kings and Chronicles, we read about the construction of the glorious and beautiful temple erected in Jerusalem in the days of Solomon, King David's son. Following Paul's method, therefore, of teaching, leading from the known to the unknown and from the natural and to the spiritual, we are able to learn some very wonderful spiritual lessons, truths, for the upbuilding of our spiritual body. Now David proposed the erection of a permanent house of the Lord to replace the movable tabernacle Israel had been accustomed to in the days of Moses and Joshua in the wilderness and in the land. And David went out and he raised 108,000 talents of gold and 1,017,000 talents of silver, totaling something like three billions of dollars in those days, or perhaps in the modern days of inflation, about nine billion dollars in our present-day currency. 30,000 Israelites were sent by groups of 10,000 each a month into the mountains of Lebanon to hew the great cedars into the logs to be used in the house of worship at Jerusalem. 150,000 hewers of stone were sent out into the rock quarries north and west of Jerusalem, for the huge thick walls of stone were made ready at the quarry and upon the sand polishing tables at Joppa, the finished product being taken then to Jerusalem and placed according to the divine architect's plan. Now it is at this point we learn some valuable spiritual lessons. Listen carefully. 
before the hundred and fifty thousand hewers of stone went out into the rock quarries, a master stone mason and a few able assistants went ahead and marked out certain sections of the various rock ledges, the various kinds of rock, uh, marble and granite and limestone and so forth. And after this headstone mason and his assistants finished their task, then the 150,000 rock hewers were sent forth to cut out the marked out rock places. The cut out pieces of rock were then transported down to the sea coast at Joppa for the polishing and the finishing process. For at Joppa, numerous sand polishing tables have been erected. And upon these polishing tables, the rough-hewn stones were placed and cut and polished to certain measurements according to a pre-made plan, according to the architect's plan. And then the finished stones cut to certain measurements and polished to a beautiful finish were then transported up to Jerusalem and placed in the structure according to the blueprint. Thus, we read in 1 Kings 6 and 7, And the house, when it was in the building, was built of stone, made ready before it was brought thither, so that there was neither the, a hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron in the house while it was in the building. Then in verse 22 of that same chapter, and the whole house he overlaid with gold until he had finished all the house. Beloved, may we pause here, for there are many beautiful spiritual applications which can be made. I can only mention one or two. In First Peter 2.5, we have these words, speaking of believers this side of Calvary, redeemed by the precious blood of Christ and members of his invisible body. Ye also, notice, as living stones are built up a spiritual house. You, my beloved friend, in your former unsaved condition, were out in the rock quarries of the world, dead, inert, cold, useless. However, according to Ephesians 1.4, you who are to be members of the body of Christ, we have these words. You were chosen, marked out by the master artisan in Christ before the foundation of the world. And the Holy Spirit, that master artisan, uh, went ahead and went out into the rock quarries of the world, spiritually speaking, and marked you out before the foundation of the world. And God looked ahead and saw that you, and that you alone would be needed in the great spiritual house to be erected, but that you needed to be fitted into a certain place, and so fitted in the days ahead, where no other living stone could be fitted. He marked you out. You were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Now, what happened? In God's own time, a thousand years as but a day in his sight, through one of God's faithful rock-hewers, preacher of the word, 
using the two-edged sword of the Spirit of God, the Word of God, which Word is quick, life-giving, and powerful. That Word was used upon you, and you were cut out and loosened from your former position and condition of being dead in trespasses and sin, and lifted out and up and placed upon God's polishing and finishing table to be cut to a certain measurement according to divine plan that God had outlined before the foundation of the world. I tell you that it makes me steady in these perilous times to realize that long before I came into the world, I was marked out. Little did I realize it. And then 37 and a half years ago, under the preaching and cutting power of the Word, through a faithful minister of the Word, I was cut out, marked out, then cut out. And for 37 and a half years, I have been upon finishing table. And listen, God's Word says, He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And God has various means and polishing agencies to bring us to the right measurement, to bring us to the right place so that we too will fit into the house, fitly framed together. And then we'll have all the rough edges knocked off. And then we will be perfect, be like unto the stone that God has raised up to be the cornerstone. Listen. He may use afflictions. I don't know. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but He delivereth them out of them all. God is not limited to one field of work to bring His marked out, His cut out living stones to conform to the image of His Son. He may use financial reverses. He may even use sickness and put you upon your back and there cultivate the upward look. He may use keen disappointments, and he may use intense tribulation. For every son he receiveth, he child traineth. And so my son despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom... Uh, he delighted. Now all these agencies are being used in various uh, degrees and at various times perhaps to cut us out, rather to polish us and to make us be conformed, uh, being brought into the conformity of His death, fitted for the spiritual building that is ahead. And so Paul, looking back from his prison cell, could say, for these light afflictions, which which are but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And under God's polishing work, we are changed from the rough, from the sharp, critical, cutting, biting edges, of that kind of a stone, into the polished, into the beautiful stones, reflecting the glory of the Lord. So be patient. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows just exactly what kind of a stone He wishes you to be in the house 
in his spiritual temple in the days ahead. And so it speaks in Ephesians 2.21, in whom that is in Christ, built upon the chief cornerstone, all the building fitly framed together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And once you come to that realization that you are a portion of that spiritual building for a habitation of God, it ought to change your aspects upon life. And the building of that the commencement of that building began at Pentecost. He's now calling out, cutting loose the stones that are marked out in the quarry of the world. And he's now polishing those that have been called out. And when Jesus comes and the last soul is saved that completes the body of Christ, the building will be completed. And then it'll be God's tabernacle, dwelling place, temple, throughout the eternal ages to come. It is not my business to look up into the Father's face and say, Lord, I want to be right in the front. I want to be on the prominent corner. Personally, I'm thankful to even be in the building if I'm in the back or in the side hidden away. Happy to know that I'm in the building. One of the living stones that God, through the Holy Spirit, has quickened. And so I read for my edification that the Holy Spirit has given us various gifts. He divides these gifts severally as He will, all for the edification of the church. And it's not ours to reason why, but to be yielded for God to use us. And when the day comes, the dead in Christ shall arise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be placed according to the divine plan before the foundation of men. God is building that temple. And I wonder today how many are listening to the sound of my voice. Not only here in the visible audience, but out over the great radio audience. You have been marked out before the foundation of the world. God now through the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to cut you out take you and place you upon His blessed polishing table, sand polishing table for His spiritual building. Are you willing? Are you ready to say yes to Him? And say, Here, my Lord, I want to first of all be reconciled to Thee through the blood of Jesus Christ. Then I'm perfectly willing for You to take me and use me and trim me and prune me and cut me and fashion me, for someday then I'll be like him, fashioned unto his glorious body. Let's bow our heads in prayer, no one stirring. Out in the radio audience today, God has marked many of you listening in before the foundation of the world, and he's brought you to this very moment to cut you out, to see your divine calling and position and place in the heavenly kingdom ahead. And God says, whosoever will may come. And then you'll go through the divine, blessed experience of counting all things lost for Christ's sake and be ready for the resurrection morn when the bodies of your humiliation will be fashioned like unto his glorious body. So he says, come. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting to fashion you according to my divine eternal plan. Come now. 
all it labored, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. God bless you out in the radio audience that are making the decision. Kneel where you are and look up into the Father's face and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. And while our heads are bowed in this splendid visible audience of Long Beach today, how many will quickly put their hands up and say, Brother Fuller, pray for me. I need Christ as my personal Savior. I want to accept him today and be remembered in a word of prayer. Will you put your hand up and say, pray for me? To whom the Lord has spoken. God bless you, my dear man down there. Is there another one? God bless you. There's another one. Down here to my left. Up in the balconies to my right. Anyone up there? Put your hand up and say, pray for me. Anyone, any place? Are there others here just before I close now? Bringing the old-fashioned revival hour to a close. Is there another hand to go up and say, pray for me? I need Christ as my personal Savior. Yes, God bless you. I'm glad we waited. Continue in prayer as we leave the old-fashioned revival hour. This is Charles Epler bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you. Jesus.